Well, why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord one more time? Praise God, praise God. Well, it's so good to be in the presence of the Lord with each and every one of you. And uh, so thankful for the worship that I feel here. So thankful for the presence of God. How blessed we are to be able to experience God's presence in this magnitude. And, uh, and I'm glad that he's the same in August as July and January. And that same God is here this morning. Amen. Give honor to Pastor French and his family. Give honor to Brother Ryan, Brother Nathan, all the French family. <laughs> and um, give honor to my beautiful wife, Louisa, and my son, James Asher. Last time I was here for just a, uh, a youth service back in January, my son was five days old. And so now he's almost seven months. He'll be seven months this week. And uh, my gray hairs have started coming in. Amen. I look a little older. Someone said, man, you look older. Yeah, yeah. I have a son that keeps me, keeps me going and less sleep. Amen. But we're blessed because of it. Why don't we open up our Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew? The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14. Gospel of Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. Been looking forward to coming here. Uh, it's been on our calendar since January. And so, hallelujah, waited seven months to come, praise God. So I'm going to try to, you know, preach two hours to, you know, make up the time. I'm kidding, totally kidding. You can smile, amen. <laughs> People look at him like, is he, is he serious? Is he, no, don't worry, hallelujah. And I preach with a timer too, so hallelujah. We're blessed here this morning. Gospel of Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. If you have it, say amen. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. And to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Everyone say that with me. Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased, last scripture. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. I want to talk about that moment whenever Peter began to sink. And I want to talk about that moment when the disciples found themselves in a storm. And I just want to entitle this The Breaking Point. Uh, the Breaking Point. I'm preaching to people that are at the breaking point, And the Lord has sent me here to remind you that you are not disqualified from a breakthrough because you're at the breaking point, but you're actually validated and affirmed for your breakthrough because you're at the breaking point. I want to talk about that here this morning, the breaking point. Why don't you lay your Bibles down? Everyone close your eyes and lift up your hands. And let's ask the Holy Ghost to speak to us here this morning. Lord, I ask for your unction to be here. 
I know that you brought me here for a purpose, for a reason. There were things already determined for this service, God, that are already going to happen, Lord. And they're going to respond and you're going to bless, you're going to heal, you're going to minister. Lord, I ask that there be a demonstration of your spirit and of your power and that you would transform by the renewing of their mind, that you would transform by your spirit and by your power in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll give you the praise and all the glory and all the honor that's due unto your name. You're the vine and we're the branches. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord. If you're in expectation, why don't you clap your hands to the Lord a little louder? If you're excited, somebody lift up your voice to Jesus for a moment. If you believe God is about to answer your prayer, why don't you clap your hands, all ye people, and somebody shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph if you believe God is about to minister where you are. Look at the person next to you and ask them, are you ready for your breakthrough? And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I am preaching to people this morning that are at the breaking point. I am preaching to people under the sound of my voice that's been hurting that's been going through a dark valley deeper than you can ever imagine, huh? I'm preaching to somebody right now that has been asking God, Lord, are you going to bring me out? Huh? Are you going to answer my prayer? Huh? Are you going to minister to my family? Because huh? I've been in this situation huh, longer than I've wanted. I'm preaching to somebody right now that has been crying uh, in the midnight hour and you don't know uh, if God's going to come through for you. Huh? And if you're at that low point, huh, it's time for you to rejoice huh? because it means there is a breakthrough huh, that is going to overtake you uh, and it's coming faster than you can ever imagine I know that you look good you got the nice jacket the nice clothes uh, and you got the nice smile but I see in the spirit that under that smile uh, there's a hurt inside of you uh, and I can hear your soul crying out to God uh, and saying God if you don't do something in me here today uh, I feel like I'm going uh, to snap uh, but hold on a little longer uh, because there's a miracle uh, that's coming your way uh, if you'll just hold on The breaking point is defined as the moment of greatest strain at which someone or something gives way. The point at which a person, object, or structure collapses under stress or pressure. I am preaching to people that have been getting ready to collapse uh, under the stress and the pressure of life. Uh, I don't know where the money's coming from, preacher. Uh, I don't know if my family is going to get out of this, preacher. Uh, I'm worried. I'm not sure. Uh, and in the last days, the Bible says uh, that the enemy would try to wear out the saints. Uh, and I'm preaching to people that are tired. Uh, I'm preaching to people that are fatigued. Uh, I'm preaching to people that that you're tired when you come to church and you're tired when you leave. You're tired when you wake up after a 10-hour sleep and you're tired before you ever start your day. And that is the enemy of your soul trying to wear you out. But he's fighting you because of what's on the other side that is greater than you can ever imagine. Help me, Holy Ghost. The Bible says uh, that God told Jeremiah, uh, he said, before I formed you in the belly, I uh, knew you. Uh, God understood that Jeremiah uh, would go through some things. Uh, he understood that Jeremiah uh, would endure some dark valleys. Uh, he understood that Jeremiah uh, would be called the weeping prophet uh, before he could ever utter uh, his first words of life. Uh, 
he understood that Jeremiah would write a whole book called Lamentations and nobody here is preaching and nobody being converted but he said Jeremiah before you ever breathe your first breath I already knew what you were going to endure and I have already equipped you to take on what's coming you already got what it takes to get Can I tell you your storm didn't take God by surprise? Can I tell you your situation didn't take God by surprise? Before you ever breathe your first breath, God already put the power on the inside of you to overcome. And so if you're going through something right now, you need to rejoice because you wouldn't be going through it if you didn't have the power to overcome it. He said, I won't put more on you than you can bear. And if you're going through it right now, that means you can bear it and come out with an anointing. Somebody shout yes. Can I tell you that the breakthrough is going to overtake this church? The breakthrough is going to overtake your family. The breakthrough is going to overtake your marriage. The breakthrough is going to overtake your kids. The breakthrough, it's going to bleed into every facet of your life. And can I tell you, the breakthrough is going to be so great. It's going to be what I like to call a Manasseh breakthrough, where the Bible says, Joseph whenever he had a dream he got backed up into the pit and then he got backed up into Potiphar's house and then he got backed up into the prison and then he got backed up into the palace somebody said it this way well it doesn't matter if you walk into your dream or back up into it as long as you get there and while Joseph was getting backed up right into the palace he had a son named Manasseh and Manasseh his name means that the Lord hath made me to forget all of the toil of my father's house. Can I tell you, Joseph reached such a state of blessing that he forgot the prison cell. He forgot the tears he cried. Can I tell you, your anointing's gonna be so great, you're not even going to remember all of the hell that you've been through. I wish somebody would clap your hands. I'm not here to preach a good message here this morning. I'm here to pull on somebody's soul until you come up a little higher. God has made you for more. you're going to forget those tears that you cried you're going to forget that storm you're going to forget that heartache because of the breakthrough that is before you is going to make you forget all the hell that you've been through behind you can I tell you my word I got to help somebody here you're at the breaking point and now while I'm preaching this message, I could already see people looking at me and saying, Brother Jackson, I heard it all before. My situation's hopeless. And the enemy has bound many of you with condemnation. Condemnation. You see, the enemy, Satan, Lucifer, the devil, is the only person that condemns you for coming to church and condemns you for not coming. I said he beats you up for coming. And then he beats you up when you don't come. You come to God. You come up front, tears down your eyes. You say, God, here's my application. Here's my application for a breakthrough. Here's my application for a breakthrough. Lord, I'm ready to receive it. But then all of a sudden, Satan comes. The one that invented the background check. And he comes. Ooh. Here's what you did yesterday. Here's what you did last week. And don't get me started on what happened two years ago. 
And he tells you that you're not qualified for a breakthrough. That's for that perfect person next to you, but not for you. What all the stuff that you did. And now all of a sudden we begin to listen to those lies. And now the tears dry up. And we get further and further from the presence of God. There's no use to me to going up and pray. God can never answer my prayer. Look at me. Look at the filth that I've done. There's no use in me lifting up my hands to worship. Because everybody else is perfect. But nobody knows that the hell that I deal with on an ongoing basis. There's no use to me shouting. It's no use to me praising. I'm not qualified. And you back up. Now you don't even go up front and pray. You can come to service, but not already determined in your mind when you get here. I'm not going to go on my knees and pray. It's no use anyway. God's not going to give me a breakthrough. I've come to preach to you. Hell is so afraid of what would happen if you got up off of that pew and get Give God glory uh, no matter what situation you. I may feel unworthy, but worthy is the lamb. I may feel unworthy, but worthy is the blood. I may feel unworthy, but the God that I serve, major. Come on, somebody clap your hands right now. I think somebody's got a shout on the inside. You may be seated. And so now, through the condemnation, uh, he backs you up, uh, keeps on backing you up, uh, keeps on backing you up. Uh, I don't even want to participate in service uh, uh, because I'm not worthy anyway. Uh, Nobody knows what I'm dealing with. Uh, And he backs you up so much uh, to where he backs you up right out of the church. (laughs) And you go home. And you think that you've escaped the condemnation. But then all of a sudden, Satan comes sitting right next to you on your couch. And this is what he says. It's not what Brother Jackson's saying, okay? This isn't me. This is Satan, okay? This is what he says. Hypocrite. Look at you, you're miserable at home. And they're all at church, perfect and happy, worshiping God. And he condemns you for coming to church. And then he condemns you for not coming. The best thing to do is say, shut up, devil. I'm going to go to church. You're just trying to talk me out of my breakthrough because I'm closer than I even realized I was. Can I tell you your enemy is trying to talk you out of the breakthrough uh, because he knows what would happen uh, if you begin to believe uh, that God made me for more. uh, God's anointed me for more. uh, God's given me more than enough. You may be seated. Can I tell you uh, that the disciples, uh, that they found themselves at such a breaking point. Uh, The Bible says before the text that I read to you uh, that John the Baptist uh, had just died. Uh, John the Baptist uh, was just beheaded. Uh, John the Baptist uh, had just passed off of the scene. uh, And they thought that they would have John uh, forever. Uh, This was the one that said, uh, behold, the Lamb of God. Uh, This was the one that said, I am a voice uh, crying out in the wilderness. uh, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Uh, This was the one where the Bible says uh, that they mused in their hearts uh, whether John was the Messiah uh, or not. Uh, And the Bible says that John uh, did not even do one single miracle. uh, But all he had was a voice. uh, But that one voice uh, made everybody out of the city uh, come into the wilderness. 
Jesus to come and hear him preach. John was so powerful, but now he condemns Herodias' marriage. And after he condemns it, he's cast in the prison. Now he's in the prison cell, beginning to rot away. And finally, King Herod has a daughter-in-law named Salome, has a stepdaughter named Salome, Herodias' daughter Salome. She comes and dances before King Herod. And the Bible says that the king was pleased and said, I'm willing to give unto you up to half of my kingdom. And Salome said, I want John the Baptist's head on a charger. And now the king was sorrowful before his old sake. He went ahead and got it done. And John is now beheaded. And now as the disciples hear about the catastrophe that just happened, they cannot process it. And they're breaking emotionally on the inside. And the questions come to their mind. John's gone. Is Jesus going to leave me too? I thought John would be here forever. Now is Jesus going to forsake me as well? And as they're trying to process the death of John. And they're hurting because someone close to them is now gone. Someone that they were connected to. That they trusted in is now gone and as they're trying to process it Jesus tries to calm their fears and he does the miracle of feeding the the five feeding the five thousand with the loaves and fishes but the bible says that they considered not the miracle of the loaves and fishes because their hearts were hardened how many of you know that when you go through something your heart gets hardened there's that used to make you cry now you fold your arms the preaching that used to get you on your feet now you don't want to hear it anymore it's because you've been in a trial so long that your heart gets hardened but I think it's time here this morning for that heart of stone to become a heart of flesh again and believe that God is for you and he's ready to bring you out on the other Come on, the song that used to make you want to come to the front and repent. Now hardness has you tied to that pew. Come on, somebody. Hardness where you can't even get up and shout anymore. You can't even lift up your voice. Now you become the analyst. You're the analytical pew pew person now. You're the one that analyzes. Oh, they missed, they missed the note while they were playing. Oh, the drummer was a little off. Oh, her voice. Oh, oh, she was a little lower. Oh, she missed that key. Oh, oh, the preacher recorded that scripture wrong. And you become an analyst while you sit there with hardened heart. But it's time to open up your heart one more time. that I, I hurt somebody you, you pride yourself in analytics analytics hmm. good good sermon if it was so good you'd pray if it was so good you'd put it into action if it was so good you'd respond but the hardness that comes into your heart when you've been in a situation for a long time and what you used to do that always got you out of it, now it's not working anymore. I'm in the Holy Ghost, folks. People looking at me like, who has he been talking to? Can I tell you, your pastor hasn't told me one thing about this church, but I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. I'm helping somebody. And as they now, their hearts are hardened. Uh, and they're struggling to process the death of John. Uh, and the miracles aren't ministering to them anymore. Uh, the Bible says in verse 22, uh, and straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples. 
to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. At their low point, the Bible says that Jesus constrained them to get into the ship. That word constrain means to strongly compel. It means to necessitate. He said it's necessary for you to get into this ship. Now why would Jesus constrain his disciples to get into a ship when he knew that a storm was coming? I said he knew a storm was coming. He knew that the storm was coming and yet he compels him. He said, you need to get into this ship. Why would he do that? Let me tell you why. It was because there was a revelation in the storm that they could not get anywhere else. There was a breakthrough in the storm that they could not get on the seashores of peace and on the mountaintops of success. He said, if you're ever going to get a revelation of me, it's not going to be when everything's going good. It's when you're holding on for dear life in a storm you did not intend to And what God was saying was, you're the one that prayed for revival, not getting to the ship. You're the one that wanted the anointing, not getting to the ship. You're the one that wanted the backsliders to come home, not getting to the ship. And don't beat me up when I bring you into the place to unlock the very thing you've been praying for. You're the one that wanted to be anointed, not getting to the ship. Don't beat me up when I bring you into the place that you've been praying for. Don't beat me up, Job. Job, you're the one that wanted the double blessing. You just don't like how the double blessing's going to come. Sometimes we pray prayers and we envision how God's going to answer it already. And we say, God, I want the answer to come out of the front door. But sometimes the answer sneaks up on us on the back door where you gotta turn around and say my God look what the Lord has done I didn't see it before but when I look back on the hell that I've been through it was working it out Job loses his house he loses his family he loses all of his money and now he's sitting there with boils on him in the ashes of yesterday's blessing and the Bible says that the Lord did not speak a word to Job for 38 chapters but finally in the 38th chapter the Bible says and the Lord answered Job out of a whirlwind that word whirlwind in the Hebrew it means a storm sometimes God best answers come out of a storm sometimes the greatest revelations come out of a storm you will not get an anointing that you never got until you go through what you've never gone through I'm going to keep on preaching here this morning and somewhere in along your life you got to make a decision that I'd rather be on the rough road going somewhere than to be on a clear road going nowhere. I'd rather go through something and get something than to go through nothing but get nothing. I'd rather have hell on earth and go to heaven than to have heaven on earth but go to hell. You're on the rough road, but you're going somewhere. You're on the rough road, but there's an anointing on the other side. I feel like I'm preaching hurt off of some people. I feel like I'm preaching a trial off of somebody. I feel like I'm preaching somebody out of a rut this morning. It's time for you to believe. That's what's on the other side. It's going to overtake what you've been through. Can I tell you that the spirit, am I helping anybody? Wave a hand if I'm helping you. Okay, that's the only reason I'm up here this morning. Hear me right now. Ah, the Spirit even drove Jesus into the wilderness. The Bible says that this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Next verse, and immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. 
Sometimes uh, the spirit will drive you into a rough place when he's pleased with you. Sometimes the spirit uh, will drive you into a wilderness uh, of isolation and loneliness. uh, And it's not because of what's wrong with you, uh, but because of what's right with you. Uh, It's not about how bad you are, uh, but because of how good you are. Uh, What if I told you what you're fighting right now? Uh, It's not because of the wrong that you've done, uh, but because of the right that you've done. Uh, And when you come out of the wilderness, uh, you're going to come up with such an anointing. uh, And it's going to... It's going to make you thank God for the wilderness that you've been through. What would you go through for 40 days to have a ministry that changes the whole world in three and a half years? Are you hearing me? How long would you be willing to stay there? If you knew beyond the shadow of a doubt, when I come out, I'm coming out in the power of the Holy Ghost. And it's going to turn my marriage around. It's going to turn my kids around. It's going to turn this community for a while. And when you get that revelation, you're not going to want to rush out of your storm so quickly. You're going to discover and understand the power of patience, which is the Greek word hopamoni, which means to remain under your affliction until God is done working on you. Somebody needs to stay there for a while until the anointing turns everything around. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Somebody shout yes. He constrains his disciples uh, to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side uh, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was now contrary. Hear me right now. Jesus constrains his disciples to get into this ship. Come help me out, brother. Come help me out. Come help me out. He constrains them. You're going to be Peter for me. He constrains them to get into the ship. Here, you want the anointing? You want the power? Come on, get on this ship. And as soon as the disciples get on the ship, Jesus steps off. Good luck. Now, they obey the voice of God. And they feel more lonely than they've ever felt before. And they're going through more hell after doing what God told them to do. Oh, my word. I'm helping somebody here this morning. And Satan, God uses your storm for you. To posture you for the blessing that's on this other side. But Satan uses your storm against you, watch this, to make you jump ship. Make you give up. And that is the room where Satan tries to work. Because it's amazing to me that when you were in the world, it seems like you didn't have to resist too much. Seems like you weren't fighting as many battles. But as soon as you try to walk with the Lord, as soon as you try to do something right for God, all hell breaks loose in your life. And he said, God, I'm just trying to obey your word. Things aren't supposed to be this tough. I'm helping somebody here. But let me tell you what Satan's trying to do with all that hell. He's trying to make you go back to what you used to be. He didn't have to fight you in the world because he already had you. 
But the moment you decide to step out and come out from among them and be separate, uh, that's when he's trying to resist you to make you go back. Uh, but with that resistance, you got to learn to just press through and get the anointing you've been waiting for. My Lord, help me. So they're on a ship after obeying the voice of God. And Peter's on this ship. And they see Jesus going off in the distance uh, on the shore. Uh, and the boat starts leaving the shore. Uh, and the sands begin to recede uh, as the waters begin to take the boat uh, away. And now Peter's in this. Now he sees the storm clouds arise. Uh, now he sees the hailstones come down. Uh, now he sees the wind uh, starts piercing his cheek. Uh, now he's getting cold and freezing, uh, soaking wet. Uh, and he sees Jesus with his back turned, huh, walking huh, in another direction. Huh, and it comes to his mind the question, huh, did I leave everything to be in this situation? I left my fisherman business. I gave up everything for Jesus. Now it seems like when I need him most, he's turned his back on me. But hold on, Peter. Because <laughs> there's a revelation on the other side of the storm. Huh? Hold on, Peter, because you don't know it yet. Huh? But you're about to get a revelation of who Jesus is two chapters later. Huh? Hold on, Peter. Uh, because there's a Pentecost on the other side of the storm and as the Bible says they were being tossed with waves they almost go over but they hold on they almost go over on that side but they hold on when they didn't know what to do they just kept holding on and as long as they held on they knew that sooner or later Jesus is going to come and bring me out of this storm faster than I went in somebody clap your hands if you believe that when you don't know what to do, just hold on. <laughs> just hold on. <laughs> just hold on because things are going to get better. That's all they knew to do was hold on. And the Bible says that the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Everyone say the middle. It was in the middle of the sea, which means it was in the middle, meaning everything's catastrophic. They're being tossed with waves. The wind is contrary, and they're in the middle of the sea, meaning uh, that they cannot go back and reach the shore that they came from, uh, and they cannot go forward uh, and reach the shore that they're destined to. Hear me right now. Make it plain, Brother Jackson. Uh, what do you mean? They can't remember or even see uh, and reach the shore that they're destined to. And in the fourth watch of the night, verse 25, which is anywhere from 3 to 6 a.m. in the morning, many theologians speculate that that storm lasted nine hours. How long your storm's been? And at the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. That word spirit is what the Greeks used to describe a hallucination. They began to hallucinate in the storm. And when you hallucinate, you just start saying crazy things. I don't think God loves me. But you know that that's not true. I don't even know if the church cares about me. But you know that that's not true. You've just been in the storm for a long time. And the people that used to always bail you out, now they're nowhere to be found. What do you mean, Brother Jackson, they bailed me out? You used to always call that person. Oh, my word, man. I, people got their poker face this morning on. People looking at me like, he ain't talking to me. Oh, yeah, I'm talking to you, and you can put whatever face you want to put on, but I'm in your mailbox this morning. Just put on a smile. Hey, man. A fake smile, even. My Lord. 
person used to always bail you out when you got in trouble. Couldn't pay the rent behind on the light bill. Used to always call them, hey, man, hey, man, I need your help, man. Money just got tight, man. I just can't do it. And they always said, oh, yeah, no problem, man. I got you. you my boy. I got you, man. I got you. But then when there's a storm huh, that is ordained, all of a sudden you call them, hey, man, I need your help. And they're like, what you calling me for? Um, is this the same person? Yeah, don't call me back either. God has a way of withdrawing resources from you to teach you how to get on your knees for yourself and get a touch from God. God has a way of withdrawing resources uh, that you've trusted in him uh, more than trusted in, uh, more than you trusted him. You always uh, trusted in that relative. Uh, you always uh, trusted in that friend. Uh, and you begin to put more trust in them. Uh, and God has a way uh, of taking them away uh, and saying, now what you're going to do? Because uh, the only way you're getting out of this one uh, is when you get on your knees uh, and call on me. They began to hallucinate, and the Bible says that they cried out for fear, preaching to people that are fearful, preaching to people that say, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. And in verse 27, but straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Now, folks, hear me. That is one of the toughest scriptures in the Bible for me. Oh, because I'm in the worst storm of my life, barely surviving. And Jesus' first words to me are, be happy. Oh, be of good cheer. Be happy. What did you just say? Yeah, be happy. What? Jesus is smiling in their storm. Now, I would expect them to be like, man, you barely made it, bro. I can't, it's a miracle. I don't know how you did it. Expecting him to cry with me, but he goes, hey, be happy. Ooh. Peter's just soaked. What did he just say, John? I think he said, be happy. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, be happy. Where were you <laughs> for the past nine hours? He's smiling and that enough. Now, folks, uh, that, that, anybody know people like that? No matter what you go through, they got the perfect word for you. You're going, you're going through everything. I mean, worst thing ever. And they're like, God is for you. Oh, I know God is for me, but I just need you to get in my pity party for a moment and cry with me. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I'm crashing somebody's pity party this morning. Jesus is smiling in their storm. Now, if that doesn't make you want to run a lap around the building, another storm, the Bible says he was sleeping. How comforting is it that Jesus is either smiling or sleeping in your storm? But he's smiling because he sees the end result of the storm. He's smiling because he sees what's on the other side of the storm. He's smiling because you have no idea what's on the other side. But you've held on this long and hold on a little longer. All right. Okay. Okay. Don't worry. I got a timer. I'm almost done. Everybody's good? <laughs> Watch this, folks. Be of good cheer. Look what he says. Be happy. Why should I be happy? Look what he says. It is I. 
Can I just preach right there for a moment? It is I. Oh, help me, Lord. It is I. Those three words in the Greek are literally translated as only two words. I am. Be happy. Why? Because I am. I am your present help in the time of trouble. I am your refuge in the middle of despair. I am your rock right in the middle of your storm. So be happy. Why? Because I Do you know what God was saying there? He was saying, I am that I am. I am the God that spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. I am the God that brought the Israelites out of captivity. I am the God that split the Red Sea. I am the God that split the Jordan River. I am that one single God in the flesh right now. Right smack dab in the middle of your storm. I am Jehovah Jireh in your storm right now now. I am Jehovah Sikkenu in your storm right now. I am Jehovah Raphna, the Lord your healer, right in the middle of he reveals to them that he is the one God in the flesh not when everything was going good but right in the middle of their storm. So the question now, is the storm worth going through uh, for the revelation that you get out of it? God in the flesh. To wit, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. It pleased the Father that in him the fullness should dwell. Great is the mystery of godliness. God manifested in the flesh. And he revealed it when they're holding on for dear life. He says, be not afraid. Now watch the next verse, 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, everybody say, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Now the word Lord there, the Greek word is kurios, which is translated as Jehovah. The word Jehovah is not in the New Testament. Whenever they strive to use the word Jehovah, they use the word Curios, uh, which can mean Lord uh, or Master, but context is what determines the meaning. Uh, and so, what Peter was saying here, Jehovah, which is the name of the one God of the Old Testament, uh, and what Peter was saying was, Jehovah, if it's really you, if you're really the one God manifested in the flesh, if you're really that one God that gave us the law and the prophets, if you're really that one God, Bid me to come unto you on the water. And Jesus said, come. I've got nothing to hide. Come. You see, what happened here is at this moment, is this okay? What happened here at this moment, not one of the original 12 disciples, not one of them, according to history and according to the scriptures, not one of them were blind. Not one of them were deaf. Not one of them who had leprosy. Not one of them were lame. Not one of them were mute. All the original 12 disciples did was watch this. They left their nets. They left their former lifestyle and they followed Jesus. But watch this. When they followed him, they saw him heal. But they had yet to experience healing for themselves. The closest that healing comes to the original 12 disciples is Peter's mother-in-law who's cured of a fever. But watch this. So the disciples had a knowledge that he was the healer. But they had yet to experience him in that dimension for themselves. So all of the disciples are on the ship of knowledge. They know that God's a healer, but they had yet to experience him in that dimension. Now, there's one thing to know that God's a healer. 
It's a difference between knowing that God's, oh, I know God's a healer, yeah, and that's true, but it's a whole other thing when you're sick in your body huh, and you get healed, huh, and I don't just know he's a healer anymore. I have experienced the healing in my body. Watch this, and it's because I endured a storm. So the storm is the bridge from knowledge to experience. The storm is the mediator from knowledge to experience. The storm forces you to put into action what you already know. And Peter gets discontent to dwell on the ship of knowledge. So he says, I want to step out into an experience with you. And the Bible says when Peter was coming out out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, the powerful winds, He was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Everybody stand with me. Peter, he steps out. And when he steps out, watch this. The Bible says that he began to sink. That word sink means he began to drown. And the last words before he goes underwater are these. Lord, save me. That word Lord again means Jehovah. Peter's last words before he goes on the water is this. Jehovah, save me. And Jehovah, who has become our salvation, immediately stretched forth his hand and caught him. And when Peter came out of the water, his eyes were wide open. That's why two chapters later he could say, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Because I got a revelation not when everything went well. So I preached this whole message to say this. You don't always fly into a breakthrough. Sometimes you sink into it. Some of you think, well, I got to be on the mountaintop. I got to climb the ladder. I got to be super spiritual all the time. I got to fast 24-7 to get a breakthrough from the Lord. But God's like, no, that's not where the breakthrough is. The breakthrough is in the low points. It's when you don't know what to do. It's when you don't know where to go. That's how you unlock a greater dimension of who Jesus is. And some of you have been sinking for the past six months. You've been sinking for the past two weeks. But you've been sinking right into the breakthrough that God has ordained for you I want everybody to come forward clapping your hands unto the Lord that's it press in as close as you can everyone come forward clapping your hands unto the Lord that's it move in as close as you can that's it just clap those hands I'll give you instruction in a moment that's it. Clap your hands and move forward. There's room up here. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Hear me. And the Bible says, when Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him, that the Bible says that when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. What God wants you to understand is once you get the revelation that God wants you to get in your storm, you're on your way out. The winds will immediately cease. Now the question is, what has God been teaching me in my storm? Has he been teaching you to be more reliant on him? Has he been teaching you to not pride yourself in your independency? What has God been teaching you in your storm? And once you get the revelation the winds will immediately cease. And those that are on the ship that did not even step out into the storm, the Bible says that they bowed and worshiped Jesus and said, of a truth, thou art the Son of God. 
But what if I told you the storm that Peter endured? He had to hold on so others that were on a ship that did not step out could get a revelation of who Jesus is. Your storm is tied to somebody else's revelation of who Jesus is. What if I told you you've got to hold on because you got kids relying on you? What if I told you you got to hold on because there's a whole community around here that don't have a revelation of Jesus? Huh? But when they see what the hell that you've been through huh, and they see that you made it out on the other side, I've got to know huh, what kept you during that time. And all you can say, it was nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. So you've got to hold on. Huh? Hold on. Make a decision this morning to hold on because it's bigger than I am. You're fighting hell because it's bigger than you. There's other souls that are tied to what you're going through. And you've got to hold on. Don't jump ship now. Don't give up now. Hold on and endure until you come out with a testimony that will change lives forever. Here's what I want us to do. Anybody here, I preach 45 minutes on the dot. Anybody here ever made a mistake in the storm? Ever said something? Ever had an attitude, did something, didn't behave properly? What we're going to do, because God is going to loose a breakthrough in this house, but what we're about to do is so important. We're going to ask God to forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for the things that we've done. We're going to ask God to wash us and to cleanse us. And this preacher holding this mic while you're asking God to forgive you, I'm going to ask God to forgive me because the Bible says that every man is commanded to repent. Repentance is saying, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for the things that I've done. I turn away from my sin and I turn my heart and my mind and my soul to you, Jesus. We're all going to repent here this morning. And this is crucial for the glory of God that is about to be experienced in this place in a little bit. But we have to do our part. I don't want anyone in here. I don't want you. There's a time for meditation. But I don't want you to meditate in your mind right now. We're going to ask God to forgive us by talking to him. You don't have to name your sins. But we do have to ask him to forgive us. We have to ask him to forgive us. Talk to him. The Bible says he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We're going to ask God to forgive us of our sins, forgive us of the mistakes that we've made and wash us and cleanse us and get us ready for this breakthrough that he's about to unleash in our midst. Everyone close your eyes and lift up your hands and talk to him right now. God, I ask you to forgive me. Lord, I ask you to wash me. Lord, I ask you to cleanse me, Jesus. I'm sorry for the mistakes that I've made. I'm sorry for the attitude that I've had. I'm sorry for the negative uh, things that I've spoken, God, the negative things that I've done. I'm asking you to forgive me, and I'm asking you to wash me, Jesus. Uh, Lord, I've been at the breaking point, and I'm asking you to cleanse me. I'm ready to experience your breakthrough, God. I, I've learned that I can't do anything without you. I've learned that no flesh is going to glory in your presence. I've learned that it's not about me or anybody else, but it's only about you, Jesus. Uh, I'm asking you to cleanse me, Jesus. Come on, that's it. Talk to him. Come on, talk to him. Uh, I'm asking you to wash me, Jesus. I don't ever want to be the same. I don't ever want to do the same thing anymore. God, I want to have boundaries, Lord. I want to watch what I say. I want to watch what I look at. I want to watch what I do. You've been teaching me in this storm. And I'm asking you to cleanse me, Jesus, and wash me that I may walk in the power of your spirit, in the power of your anointing, and that you can use me and my family beyond anything that we can ever imagine huh? in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ huh? in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ oh I want you to grab the person's hand next to you right now 
God's glory is about to take over this place. That's it. Grab the person's hand next to you if it's appropriate. I want everybody to say this with me. I want everybody to say this. Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I'm ready for my breakthrough. Ah, Something is about to be loosed into this place. Can I tell you, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray over you right now. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith over you. I'm going to pray with all my might. I'm going to pray with all my strength. And I'm going to lose blessing. I'm going to lose the breakthrough. I'm going to lose the anointing on you. I'm going to lose the power on you. I'm going to lose the turnaround on you. I'm going to lose it in your body, mind, soul, and spirit. And when I am done praying, I am going to shout to the top of my lungs, hallelujah. Everybody say hallelujah. Say it louder. Folks, when I shout hallelujah with everything in me, I want you to shout hallelujah with everything in you. Shout while seeing your breakthrough. Shout while seeing your turnaround. Shout while seeing your miracle, while seeing God turn everything around. When I shout hallelujah, I want you to not stop shouting until you feel a divine assurance in your spirit that God is working on your behalf. I want you to hold those hands and lift them up right now. Something's about to break in this place. Something is about to be loosed in this place. That's it. Hold those hands up high. That's it. Jesus, by the authority that is in the Word of God and by the power that is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, not by our feelings, not by our emotions, but God, by the anointing that is in this place right now, I loose the working of miracles in this place now. I loose the gifts of healing in this atmosphere now. I loose the turnaround now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I command the breakthrough upon their souls now. I command sickness to leave their bodies. I command their finances to be restored. I command the backsliders to come home. I command those to pray through that need to pray through. I lose a turnaround now in this whole congregation. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, receive your breakthrough now. Hallelujah! That's it, that's it, that's it. That's it, that's it, that's it. That's it, that's it. Lift up your voice. That's the Holy Ghost. He I loose it in the name of Jesus. I loose it in the name of Jesus. I loose the breakthrough in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Worthy is the Lamb. Come on, let's say lift up your voice. I lose the breakthrough. I lose the breakthrough now. I lose the breakthrough now. 
in the name of the Lord Jesus. I loose it from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. I loose the breakthrough now. I loose the turnaround. I lose the turnaround in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Shalamahataya. I lose the turnaround. I lose the breakthrough. I lose the demonstration from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. I lose the power now in the name of Jesus. That's it, that's it. That's it, that's it, that's it.